Coming up on Podcast 1551, Stellantis passes Tesla in the European EV battle. Stick around and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, we talk about Chevrolet making an electric Corvette sedan and SUV, why the Koreans will get battery leasing for the very first time, and why Tesla enabling paid charging at destination charges could be a game changer. Well, stick around those stories and a lot more on the way today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday, 3rd of August. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. And we'll kick off with a little recommended one to watch if you want to. That would be my friend Tom Malogny from the State of Charge YouTube channel. And he's been talking to Darren Palmer, who is Ford's vice president. He is about as high as they go before you get to the very top of Model E. Now, Model E is the new half of Ford, if you like, that deals with electrification. Darren is such an honest talker. You know, so many People, when they get to the top of massive corporations like Ford, become politicians. But he really doesn't. He explains the reasons why Ford adopted the charging strategy they have, talking about improvements, hinting at improvements that might come for the Ford F-150 Lightning. Talked about how they had to improve the Mac-E after they launched it and learned from customer feedback and over-the-air updates that improved the DC fast charging and admits where Ford went wrong and what they're working to make better. It's a really refreshing interview in that Tom asks some difficult questions and Darren doesn't fudge it and just give the, you know, the politician's answer. There's a couple of bits where perhaps they have gone wrong and have learned uh, things like they were using parameters of, you know, a normal day. And then we've had some record weather and everything was just hotter than they thought. And yeah, we screwed up. We didn't design this thing for these parameters and we've redesigned it and now it's fixed. And so I recommend that. It's a brilliant interview uh, with two very passionate EV people. And uh, I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. Now, Norway. Oh, Norway. We love you, Norway, for leading the way with electric cars. And now in what is a very small car market, uh, it doesn't matter how si- uh, the, the, the size of it, though. It's what they've done with it. And that is 5,123 new EVs, pure EVs in July registered. That is 70.7 of all new passenger car registrations. Uh, plug in hybrids on their way down in Norway, interestingly. On an annual basis, if you look at July from year to year, this time last year, 64% pure BEV. This year, 70.7% pure BEV. And in June... It was 78.7, so it's down a little bit on June. Plug-in hybrids, however, uh, were down uh, a little bit year on year uh, when they had a, a, a market share higher a year ago, which might suggest that the Norwegian market, very advanced, very mature in terms of electric vehicles, are just preferring pure EVs. And interestingly, the Chinese manufacturers taking their cars to Norway, because you would, because Norway loves EVs, uh, NEO ES8. Uh, FAW EHS nines, Xpeng P7s, Geometry G- C's. I don't even know what they are. Uh, a Geely car, uh, a Golden Dragons, all registered in July as well. Be interesting to see how quickly those Chinese cars leave that test market of Norway and move to nearly always Germany, Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, those kind of markets. Now, let's talk about the European market where Stellantis have so many cars on offer. Uh, Stellantis challenging Volkswagen for the EV lead and taking over Tesla. Now in the first half of the year, 
There's so many cars on sale from Stellantis. Uh, the Citroën EC4, uh, the DS3, uh, the Citroën Vans, the Bolingo, the Jumper, the Relay, the Jumpy, the Dispatch. Uh, the Space Tourer is the big people carrier, 8-9-seater. There's the Fiat's uh, new 500, the electric Ducato and uh, uh, Scudo or Scudo. And then there's the Opel Vauxhall bit. I'd call it Vauxhall. Europeans call it Opel. Uh, but there's the Corsa, the Mocha, the Movano, the, the Vivaro, the Zafira, the Combo E. Obviously, all the Peugeot stuff, like the E208, E2008. They've got the Vans, the Boxster, the Traveller, the Rifter. I'm sure I've forgotten stuff in there as well. They've got so many vehicles from Stellantis, and uh, they really are uh, seeing what markets work. Normally, the, the, the van market or the family car market, that's where it's working well. And they've now passed Tesla. 105,413 full electric cars in Europe sold, just behind VW, and ahead of Tesla on 78,000, according to Data4. It also includes the EU countries, plus UK, Switzerland, Iceland and Norway. The new Fiat 500, the best-selling full electric car in places like Italy and Germany, and a Stellantis electric model that is key to them, the Peugeot E208, legendary small car on these shores, taking the top spot in countries like France, and they're gaining uh, from sales of their passenger vans as well. Uh, And earlier this year, Stellantis did discontinue many of those Internal combustion vans. Why would they do that? Well, it's to try and shift the makeup of the vehicles they sell to avoid exceeding those emissions targets. Now, let's talk Chevrolet making an electric Corvette sedan and an SUV. That'll surprise a few fans. Muscle cars and trucks saying uh, that whilst there's little hope that an electric Camaro will be made, uh, the chances are much more in the favour of a Corvette-badged full-electric car. Think of a Taycan fighter arriving in 2025, where GM also launching a Corvette-badged SUV, as well as the Corvette sedan, uh, taking the fight to things like the Ford Mustang Mach-E, both built, by the way, on the Blazer platform. Uh, The Blazer will arrive next year, end of next year, I believe. Now, let's talk battery leasing, something that has worked for some and not for others. I've had two Renault Zoes, both with battery lease. I'm going through some problems because we sold our second Zoe on the 30th of May. Uh, And although I sent my bits off and I did all my side of the paperwork, the person buying it or bought it uh, has not sent their bits of the paperwork off. So I have continued to pay the battery lease two months after I sold it. Uh, And so I've now stopped paying, at which point Renault uh, Finance, RCI, have rightly said, well, our legal agreement is with you. So we're coming after you for the money. So that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, that's when battery leasing goes wrong, when the person that you sell the vehicle to doesn't send off their form. Uh, and although I've asked RCI to uh, please contact these people, the ones that bought it, they say, well, no, because they haven't sent their paperwork back. Right? So I, I have asked if Renault want me to go round to the the new buyer's house, grab them by the collar and march them to the post office. They said, no, please don't do that. But I don't know what to do now. So they'll uh, done point, they'll put it into debt collection and default and somebody will knock on my door and take the telly, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, Renault not being very helpful uh, at the minute. I'm hoping it resolves itself. I'm hoping anyway, because I'm still on the hook at the, for the battery lease at the minute. You're hoping the people you sell the car to uh, send the form off or that Renault didn't lose it. It might might not even be the new buyer's uh, fault. I don't know. I'll carry on talking to Renault and 
get different people on the end of the phone and try and get to the bottom of that. But in Korea, battery leasing is becoming available for the first time. Purchasing the cost of a Hyundai and a Kia is going to get a little bit cheaper, uh, and actually quite a lot cheaper. In some cases, up to half. The government there has decided to allow subscription in batteries that obviously make up the bulk of the price of a new electric vehicle. According to automotive and financial industry sources yesterday, Hyundai Motor Group, they have a finance arm called Hyundai Capital. Uh, They are about to roll out a lease service for EV batteries. So far, the owner of the car had to be the owner of the registered title of the vehicle and the battery and everything, but they're changing the rules so that the ministry in Korea has decided to revise that rule so that you haven't got to buy the whole thing. You can pay for the car, but but Hyundai and Kia will still own the battery, which makes it much cheaper at the point of purchase. And then you just pay monthly to rent the battery. Now, Tesla is enabling paid charging at destination chargers. Now, I do like a Tesla destination charger, and I don't even own a Tesla, but obviously, you know, uh, there's often one or more than one at a destination charger site, at a hotel, a gym, that kind of thing, uh, that is open to all EVs. (coughs) And some that are locked down to Tesla. And Tesla have now upgraded or enabled, I should say, paid charging. With the new version of the Tesla Destination Chargers, which are all Wi-Fi, 3G, 4G connected, etc., they are now free to charge. So if you own a hotel, a gym, a restaurant, etc., rather than having to just provide that as a service to attract people to your business and your premises, but having to front the cost and pay for the electricity yourself, now you can pass that cost on to drivers. The only catch is you have to have at least six wall connectors. Now, I can't think I've ever seen six here in the UK. I've seen plenty of twos, and I've seen four in a row as well uh, outside hotels and things. But I've never seen six. So maybe this will be something that encourages businesses to buy another couple of destination charges. Once they've got six at their location uh, of the Wi-Fi connected wall connector, they can then enable uh, pricing for charging customers to use those uh, those destination chargers on the app and those property managers can start to recoup the cost of the electricity and maybe even the hardware as well. And like I say, it could encourage those locations to add more chargers so that they, uh, they qualify for that perk and that feature. Right, coming up on the podcast really soon, leave us turned on. What's the world's biggest battery maker, do you reckon? And we'll talk a little bit about... Uh, why batteries are proving very, very popular uh, on the power grids in certain parts of the world. Stick around. Those stories, they're coming up now. Let's talk about LiDAR, Elon Musk's favourite thing not to like. Um, LiDAR is a form of technology that uses light waves and radar to supplement things like cameras and other sensors to help autonomy. Now, InnoViz is going to supply hardware and software to Volkswagen, uh, Volkswagen's Cariad unit, and a deal worth $4 billion. InnoViz are an Israeli company. They issued the statement yesterday. Uh, they have laser-based LiDAR sensors, and they are driver assistance systems. It's not clear if Volkswagen plans to mesh that with other aspects of the deals that they've been doing around the industry. But Cariad, the software bit of Volkswagen, uh, Cariad said it'll step up the pace of software developments after recent criticism from the supervisory board. They'll provide LiDAR sensors to VW for the S. 
SSP, the Scalable Future Architecture. That comes mid-decade for the next uh, unified cells uh, and the 800-volt systems. Uh, it's going to power or be the platform for nearly all Volkswagens, apart from the real high-end kind of Porsches and Audis. And so those cars will be at least level two, if not more, in terms of hands-off driving uh, and Volkswagen saying, well, we respect the way Tesla do it with vision only, uh, but we think LiDAR is the way to go. Now let's talk about the world's biggest battery maker, and that would be the Chinese company, CA. TL. So we've got the first half of the year results in now. They've been uh, coming in and now compiled. And I can tell you that the global EV battery base in the first half of the year was 203 gigawatt hours and CATL 71 gigawatt hours of VATS. That gave them a 35% share of the global EV battery market, up 6% from the same period last year. In second place, South Korea's LG with 14.4%. China's BYD in third place with 118 percent up five percent from last year uh, panasonic were in fourth with a 9.6 share and south korea's sk on uh, and samsung sdi fifth and sixth respectively uh, with six and five percent shares of the global ev market now let's talk about renewable energy because it's all well and good having an ev but you've got to think about where you power it the global electric vehicle uh energy that powers uh, our EVs changes all around the world. And sometimes it is powered from coal and gas, and some of it is wind and solar. And you always got to be aware of, you know, what the grid is doing and things like that. Well, global investment in renewable energy soared uh, totaling $226 billion in the first half of this year, setting a new record for the first six months of the year, a new report by Bloomberg NEF. Uh, investment in new and uh, large and small-scale solar projects rose to a record-breaking $120 billion spent on solar in the first half of the year, up 33% same time last year, and wind was up 16% in the first half of the year at $84 billion. So whenever you see... Green energy, you've got to ask what that is, because some people put hydrogen and stuff in there. You've got to be careful how it's made. But if you are being specific, solar, wind, and other renewables, huge to see a massive investment in those on a global scale. And that's good news, because the next time someone says, uh, you know, uh, it's oh well and good uh, driving an electric car, but you just uh, it just transfers the coal to the power station. Well, yeah, a couple of things there. Firstly, power stations are way more efficient than small engines. <laughs> But if you are going to run on coal, however, uh, increasingly less, increasingly grids are going green. And, you know, when you buy a petrol car or a diesel car, it's as disgusting on the day that you buy it as the day it gets scrapped. EVs, literally day by day, and you can't say this for anything else, get cleaner by the day. Your EV, if your grid is cleaning up, your EV is cleaning up. Now, let's talk about battery systems. Um, so my friend Phil, and I talk about him every day because uh, he owns Electric Future, EF.Energy, Phil Roberts, one of the premium partners of the podcast. Um, he pinged me a link from Cornwall Insights, and my UK listeners will know that name because they've been doing the projections on how much our electricity is going to cost in a year's time. It's looking really horrible. But their projection for up to 2030 that he pinged me and he uh, was highlighting that they don't really factor in too much growth in terms of battery storage on the grid and that's true i was looking at, at the stuff from cornwall insights which aren't in cornwall by the way they're from where i'm norwich in east anglia 
but still, they're called Cornwall Insights, <laughs> just in case. Um, they really only have battery storage on the grid from you know maybe three four percent now to maybe ten eleven percent by the end of the decade. These are policy experts. And I'm an idiot on a podcast, but it doesn't seem like it's big enough growth to me. So I thought I'd look at this from the US, and that is the EIA.gov. It's a US um, official piece of information that's coming out, an early release of the EIA's annual electric generator report. They've put a little PDF out in advance of the report coming out very soon. The capacity of Grid-scale batteries tripled in the United States last year. It went from 1.4 gigawatts at the beginning of the year to 4.6 gigawatts at the end of the year. A tripling of battery storage on the grid. And when the government in the US asked the respondents why they were using batteries on the grid, more often than not, it was to make money, to store energy when it's cheap, when prices are low, and to discharge it when the grid was more expensive. It's called price arbitrage. And these companies, these grid companies in the US, utilities, weren't buying batteries because they're green or it's the right thing to do or it gives them a good image. They were buying them because batteries work on the grid and batteries make them money. What a surprise. Businesses did a thing that made them money. And this is what I try and tell people all the time. And if you're new to the podcast, you, have, you haven't heard me do this speech before. And I apologize to long-term listeners. You can fast forward the next 30 seconds. The reason why I'm not worried, the reason why I'm not worried about the the, the renewables doubters, the people who want to fight against renewables, who want, want to fight against EVs and, and batteries, that job's done. That job was done last decade. We're now in the 2020s, right, where the economics are taking over. And you can be ideologically wedded to coal and oil as much as you like, my friends. Enjoy the slow death of what you believe in. If you really, really, really love oil and coal and fossil fuels, well, fill your boots because your time is so running out. And I know that because of the market and the market will dictate the pace. Now, we've got a battle in the UK right now for the next Prime Minister. We're not voting on the next Prime Minister, by the way, because we vote for governments, not it's not presidential. So we voted for a government. The last guy was an idiot, so he is gone. They sacked him. And uh, he was caught lying, uh, amongst many other things. Um, and so now the, 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 two, uh, <laughs> the two people that want to be our Prime Minister, uh, both real lightweights, but... The, the, <laughs> The lady who is in contention doesn't believe in renewables. So uh, this is the government that called it green crap and and wants to wind back the 2030 ban on combustion cars, wants to wind back onshore and offshore wind. That's her promise if she becomes the prime minister. It's voted for by members of the party. So no one gets a say in this, by the way. So yeah, I don't even want to talking about it. But um, that might be nice for her, but it's tough. It's like, like tough duties. The market will decide. And the market is deciding that renewables are three to four times cheaper than non-renewable energy on the grid. And batteries absolutely work. Now, uh, the UK, next in the news, opening up orders for the Greek Jeep Grand Cherokee, the 4xe plug-in hybrid. Um, uh, they got the press release from Jeep here. It says, today, orders open for the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Well, this press release arrived yesterday, so they've been open 24 hours. Customers can choose between three different models. 
and you can now configure online and order. So I went to jeep.co.uk, clicked on new Grand Cherokee 4xE, and it's not. It still says, click here to join our mailing list. It also says uh, the Jeep Grand Cherokee will be arriving sometime in the first half of 2022. So not only is their website not allowing orders, if you wanted to buy one, uh, like the press release says it's open, uh, but also, come on, Jeep copywriters, sort out your Jeep website really out of date. Uh, I'll keep an eye on that. But uh, yeah, really interesting if you want to plug in hybrid Jeep. And finally, not great news for Toyota's first electric car. Toyota has now sent a letter to all owners. I don't mean, they could probably just give them all a call individually. There's not many out there of the BZ4X telling them about the ongoing attempts to try and solve the safety recall. If you hadn't heard, uh, Toyota is suffering with their BZ4X with the wheels falling off. They put the recall out in June and they still can't fix it, they say. The safety recall is still in place. Now, they've emailed, they have written a letter to all owners of the BZ4X saying that we will provide you with a loaner vehicle. We will reimburse your fueling costs while you are driving the loaner vehicle. So they're not giving them a loaner electric car, but they're giving them a Toyota petrol car by the look of it. Uh, they give them $5,000 credit towards the loan or purchase of another vehicle, not a BZ4X. So, hey, here's five grand off one of our petrol cars, uh, I imagine. Uh, also, they are providing... Uh, guidance on not to drive the vehicles anymore. So if you bought a BZ4X, do not drive it, uh, they say, and they will buy it back because they cannot find a reason for the wheels falling off. Is that just the most sus thing you ever heard? Toyota sell millions of vehicles a year worldwide, and yet they've just launched their first EV, which they didn't want to launch anyway, did they? And, And now... They've got a problem with the wheel nuts that hold it on, and they can't fix it, so they're offering to buy them all back. I don't think that makes any sense. Toyota know how to make wheel nuts. But they say they can't fix it. The wheels fall off. There's a risk of them falling off anyway. I don't think anybody's been hurt, by the way. I'm not sure if any wheels have fallen off. But they'll buy the car back. Wow, Toyota. Wow, how to try and sabotage the reputation of EVs. You'll even go to the point of making one, and then when it goes wrong, offering to buy them all back just to get that negative perception out there that EVs are dangerous in some way, or what? I don't know. I'd love to know. I'd love to know why the wheels won't stay on it. And yet the millions of petrol cars they sell, the wheels don't seem to fall off. Hey, that, my friends, is what I call peak Toyota. <laughs> Uh, question of the week is taking a break for a while but it will return thank you to our premium partners Phil Roberts of Electric Future Brad Crosby Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati Audi of Cincinnati East and Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii Derek Riley and his wonderful EV Review Island YouTube channel Richard buying and selling EVs in the UK at rsev.co.uk also Octopus Electric Juice they make public charging simple one card one map one app it's all you need Make sure you get your card. And, of course, treat yourself to a getaway, a holiday that you richly deserve at milbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon where they even have EV charging. Have a good one, Cinemore. And remember, there's no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.